Okay, so remember how I was saying that Desmond was going to go to school on Monday and I had him in bed early and we were so hopeful for that? We as in me and Desmond. That's the only we. Uh, Well, I'm not afraid to admit to failure. That shit did not work. Desmond did not go to school. He was up all night long calling me upstairs. I don't want to go. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not getting up early. I'm not going to wear a mask. I can't breathe. So I turned off the alarms. We were supposed to get up at 7.30, me and Desmond. And... um. He slept till 12.30. So I texted the principal. I was like, I lost the fight. That's exactly what I said. I wrote, I lost the fight. (laughs) And he said, don't worry about it. There's only 30-something days left of the school year. And I don't blame him. He doesn't want to wear a mask. I get it. And honestly, I hate... I can't stress this enough. I fucking hate wearing a face diaper. Okay? I can't breathe. And I don't want to hear this bullshit. Well, dentists and doctors wear it. Good for them. Okay, good for them. I'm not a fucking dentist or a doctor. Well, I'm Dr. Dot, but I'm not a fucking surgeon. That was not me farting. That was my floor. Let me walk over that again just to make sure. There we go, look. Yeah, see? That's a creaky floor. That's not a creaky ass. So Desmond's not going to school for the rest of the year. So he has not been to school since March 13th, no, March 12th, 2020, okay? Um, He's not going to wear a mask. So that's that. We're not doing that. That's not natural. You're not supposed to breathe in what you just fucking breathe out. Just like your car spits out some nasty shit. You're not supposed to take that back in. You know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to inhale your exhaust. That's a fucking fact. I'm tired of apologizing for it. I'll just homeschool him. He's obviously not going to be a 9 to 5 kind of librarian person. All right, He's going to be different. Definitely not a rock star, because we all know what that leads to. It leads to probably being broke, having herpes from groupies, and, I don't know, gambling, blowing your money on hookers. Who knows? It's just not a good thing. It rarely turns out well, unless you're Steve I, Charlie Watts, or fucking Mick Jagger. I don't know. So I just watched the... um. Oh, God. Let me give you a timestamp. It's 5.30 a.m. I'm still awake because Desmond didn't go to bed till 1.30. I needed my time alone to eat my daily salad and watch... Well, I didn't even get to watch Gordon Ramsay today because I wanted to watch the second half of the Zappa movie. There's a few Zappa movies, but this one is just called Zappa by Alex Winter. 
So I watched it in chunks because I don't have the luxury of sitting down and having free time to watch a whole movie or show or whatever. I'm too busy. So I watched the first half and I wrote a little review on my Facebook Zappa group wall. And I was very sad, angry, frustrated, pissed off, shocked that one of my best friends in the world, I love this woman, Patrice Zappa. Most people know her as Candy Zappa. It's Frank's sister. I love that woman, and when she dies, I'm going to be destroyed. I love this woman, okay? She has a spirit like no other. She's always positive and laughing and happy. I mean, the only time I've ever heard her really down was when her husband died March 4th. She was really down for more than a month. Now she's peppy and happy again. She lives with her daughter, Julie, in Ventura. And she's happy, positive, constructive. She's going to do stuff now. Um, she's going to make another record with uh, her husband's songs or re-release them, etc. And she's going to write another book about her life with Nolan Porter, her her husband who just passed. She's, you can't, this woman is so positive and happy and cheeky, as the British would say. She's just a fucking go-getter. I wish she was my mom. I don't even, she might be old. Yeah, I guess she's old enough to be my mom. Whatever. I don't think of her as older or younger. We're just on the same level. She's so fun to talk to. I love her. And um, I was disappointed that she's not in the movie. How the fuck can you make a movie about Frank Zappa and not interview his living sister? His sister's still alive. She's pretty easy to find on Facebook. I'm I'm confused. I'm wondering how that can happen. Whoever was in charge, the Zappa Family Trust, somebody, somebody thought it was unnecessary to reach out to her. That's fucking weird. So, seeing that first half of the movie, I was kind of pissed, actually. Because I just don't like the fact that the Zappa Family Trust, and I quite, I really like Amit. I've met Dweezil. He's never been nasty to me. I've met Deza. She was very sweet. I've never met Moon. But the rest of the kids, I've been nice to them. They've been nice to me. Everything's fine. That was not a fart. That's that same area of the floor I keep walking over. i got to stop walking over. Anyways, somebody in the trust who was in charge of that movie, maybe they all were, decided it wasn't a good idea to reach out to Aunt Patrice. They also didn't reach out to Aunt Patrice when her husband just died on March 4th from cancer. You would think that the Zappa kids would reach out, at least one of them, and say, I'm sorry for your loss. Here's some flowers. No. And I know they're paying attention because I just posted a GoFundMe for Ike a month ago, Ike Willis, who has prostate cancer. Moon, Moon Unit, just donated $500. 
So I know they're alive. I know they're watching. I know they're listening. I know they got their pulse, their hand on the pulse or whatever, but I don't understand this. Patrice is a wonderful person. She's Frank's sister. She's in the movie, by the way. She's fucking in the movie. There's footage of her dancing around the house, having fun with her brother, Frank Zappa. And they're goofing on their mom and everything. So you're going to use footage of Candy Zappa, a.k.a. Patrice. You're not going to call her for her comments about her brother? I, I don't fucking understand that. I just don't, and I won't. So then I went on and watched, you know, the rest of the movie. It took me a long time because I'm so busy doing other stuff like fucking taking out the trash and cleaning the cat box. Like, oh, my God. And everything else and making Desmond's oatmeal, etc. So anyways, I watched the second half of the movie. Man, I'm telling you something. I just bawled my eyes out. Whatever mascara I had on, I look like Alice Cooper now. Fucking, it's gone. It was so sad. The rest of the movie's sad. Like when he arrives at the airport in Czechoslovakia and they greet him like he's the president of America and they're just so happy to see Frank. I lost it, okay? And then when Ruth Underwood... Sorry, I'm cleaning Maggie's water bowl. <laughs> when Ruth Underwood starts talking about Frank and she starts crying. Oh, forget it. I'm howling. I'm howling. Crying my head off. Crying my eyes out. I want to hug Ruth Underwood. Uh, oh, Underwood, sorry. My pronunciation is fucked because it's almost 6 a.m. She's a sweetheart. And Mike Keneally is such a sweetheart. And I love Scott Tunis. Oh, God. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I watched it on Hulu. I do not pay for Netflix, and I won't. I don't like the people who run Netflix. We'll get into that another time if you want. But um, anyways, it's on Hulu. I heard it's on Prime. There's no excuse anymore to watch it. No, you can't say I can't find it. It's out there. Watch it. And like I said, eh, I thought the movie should have not talked about Charles Manson and instead interviewed Patrice Zappa. <clears throat> Some time was wasted on things unimportant. Like, like, what the fuck does Charles Manson have to do with Frank Zappa? For real. That's five minutes of wasted time. You could have been interviewing his wonderful sister who has the greatest, funniest stories ever. So, I'm going to um, publish the Scott Tunis podcast next week because this week I have to get my Brian Beller podcast up, which is very funny. But the Scott Tunis chat we had, I'm pretty convinced that's the best interview with Scott Tunis ever. There's my cat racing around the house. She's mad. Hmm. Um, it was a great conversation. I love Scott. You know, Scott labels himself as a punk. He has that attitude. And you know what? Frank also had that attitude. He was like, fuck them and fuck this. And if you don't like it, fuck off. 
Yeah, that, Scott has that attitude, and that's why Frank loved him. And some people in the band might have not liked that attitude, but so what? Frank liked it. I like it. We get along fine. I get that attitude. So I have no problem with Scott Tunis. Never have. Love him. And I love, love me some Don Preston. 88 years old. That guy. <laughs> the stories he has. I <laughs> Cracks me up. What else was I going to tell you? Something else going on. I don't know. I'm just... I gotta wash off this mascara around my eyes because uh, I just watched that Zappa movie and whoo, that was hard. <sighs> Watching Frank at the end when the cancer eats him alive. Why is this water bowl so loud? Um, it's hard to see. I mean, you know, on the 88 tour, when I got to know Frank, I could tell he was he was not well, and um, you can tell when you see this this film. You could see it. So, people, your health is your wealth. Please take care of your health. If you want to last long, you've got to take care of your health. You can't be smoking and vaping and drinking and. All that other stuff. Stress is also a killer. That's why I'm making the podcast to get my story out. I still have to get to book part three, don't I? Yes, I do. Hopefully this weekend, I'm going to find time to listen to my book part two. Just the end bit so I can see where I left off. Just the end. And then I'll pick up from there, okay? I'm going to get back into this. And I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And I hope everybody's uh, doing fine. And I know you're getting sick of this lockdown slash restrictions and all that. Especially people in Europe. They must be going out of their fucking minds. Soon, this is going to be over. And we're going to get back to... uh, Get back to business. And part of that Zappa movie, I, I know I'm going back I'm going back and forth. Part of the Zappa movie that struck me was um, at the beginning when it showed that he had to wear a mask because of where they lived in California. There was dangerous gases in his area. So he and his family and had to wear a gas mask even at school and stuff. And then Frank whipped it out later on, on stage. He hated that mask. I'm the same fucking way, Frank. I fucking hate the mask, okay? That doesn't say anything apart from the fact that I like oxygen, okay? I like to breathe air. (laughs) What's wrong with that? People who are like, I'm going to wear a mask outside. Stop listening to my podcast, please. Because we're just going to go in the wrong area for you. If you're one of those people who want to wear a mask outside... When you're walking alone in the park. Yeah. See ya. See you later. Go listen to something else. If you're one of those people who are like, no, I want my fucking oxygen. I want my freedom. Yeah, I love you. 
I better go to bed, okay? That's all I'm saying. Uh, be posting some other shit soon. You can bet on that. What did uh, really rock music mean to the 60s in America? Quite a bit. In fact, it meant more to the lifestyle then than it does now, actually, because um, the way in which rock and roll is consumed these days has more to do with advertising agencies and uh, promotion of products and things like that. Pretty much rock and roll is, has been reduced to a product itself, whereas in the 60s there was a little bit more life to it. It was connected a little bit more closely to the lives of the people who made the music. Whereas today, it is my observation that the people in the music business devote their time to making product rather than music. But then, in, in the 60s, yeah. the music was there, uh, and uh, it, it, it was a revolution, wasn't it? I mean, you, you talk about no, the uh, well, students' revolution, mm. and uh, the music, that was sort of, you know, that had it all, didn't it? That's an exaggeration. I think that's, that's been rom romanticized quite a bit. There was a lot of revolutionary rhetoric, but there were, never was a revolution. You mean, by I and mean, large? By and large, there was nothing that even resembled a revolution. There's a lot of people talking about it. No, but and they like to get together in large numbers and hold signs and march around and talk about it. And then after the demonstration, they would either be beaten up and have to <coughs> get the blood off their head, or they'd get a blowjob from a girl in a smelly blanket. Yes, but it changed people, didn't it? I mean, people are different now than they were 20 years ago. Um, yeah, people are different now than they were 20 years ago, but not necessarily better. A lot of the people who were out there doing those um, marches turned into yuppies. And I don't think that the world is better off because they exist. Good evening. I'm Ted Koppel, and this is Nightlines. Donny Osmond and Frank Zappa. This is ABC News Nightline. Reporting from Washington, Ted Koppel. In the world of music videos, tonight's MTV Music Awards ceremony in New York is what the Emmys are to television and the Oscars are to movies. It is the music video industry honoring its own. For the record, no pun intended, Bruce Springsteen won the award for best stage performance, beating out Tina Turner and David Bowie. A number of the songs up for recognition tonight have been receiving a great deal of recognition in recent weeks, and not the most approving kind. Simply stated, a lot of people, and they are becoming increasingly vocal, find the songs and the rock video performances that go with them offensive. Even if your tolerance for explicit language is relatively high, you're quite likely to find them offensive also. Our dilemma in focusing on the subject was this. How explicit were we going to get? Well, we have left out some of the most offensive material, but what's been left in, if John Denver and Frank Sinatra are your speed, is still likely to curl your hair. But understand, these songs are routinely played on radio stations, and if you have cable, more likely than not, your kids have already seen and heard what some of you will see and hear for the first time tonight. Here's Nightline correspondent Jeff Greenfield. We think this subject matter is totally inappropriate, and that's why we're making a fuss. One group of parents has heard more than enough. The Parents Music Resource Center wants a labeling system for albums and tapes, much like movies are rated today. Later this month, a Senate committee will hold hearings on the question, a tribute to the clout of the center, whose members include Susan Baker, wife of Treasury Secretary James Baker. At least the movie industry has 
given us labels so we can know what we're in for. When we go to a movie, we have some idea. With music, you have none. Named Nikki. Guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. I'm not saying that I admire most of these lyrics. Journalist Nat Hentel, a passionate civil libertarian. Uh, many of them are, are, are not songs at all. They're just words thrown against the wall. And some of them are kind of disgusting. But who's supposed to decide? Who's, who draws the line? Love for sale. Drawing a line has always been a question. Radio stations banned Cole Porter's love for sale half a century ago. And the great blues singer Bessie Smith had more than her share of outraged critics. Come on and save your mama's soul, cause I need a little sugar in my bowl. Rock and roll has got to go. The obscenity and vulgarity. But it was the arrival of rock and roll 30 years ago, raw, powerful music for black adults that was adopted by white teenagers that really focused outrage. It is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. A whole generation of Americans was raised on the belief that the Kingsman's hit, Louie Louie, contained obscene lyrics. An exhaustive FCC study concluded that no matter how the song was played, it was utterly incomprehensible. Yes, rock and roll music has always stirred fear and loathing in the hearts and minds of the elders. In fact, the very phrase rock and roll, like the word jazz, was originally slang for the sex act. But it's also true that the rock music of an earlier time has nothing, absolutely nothing, in common with some of the songs of today. Behind that excuse that this is no different, it's very different. Jeff Ling, a minister who works with the Parents Resource Center, listens to and plays rock and roll, but he's concerned about albums like Be My Slave. Inside, there's lyrics like, come on, slap my face, the way you gag me, the way you give me pain. Some women like violent sex, and I think that they have a right to hear about it. Frank Zappa is one of the few rock artists to come out openly against the labeling effort. I mean, if it looks like censorship and it smells like censorship, it is censorship, no matter whose wife is talking about it. It's censorship. Beyond the moral issue, there's a pragmatic question. Will labeling keep offensive lyrics away from children or actually promote sales of controversial songs? Kids go after what's cool. They're going to go to an R-rated movie before they go to a, a PG over a G because it's cool. And if you censor it, it's going to be more cool to buy the uh, hardcore lyrics. Later, we'll be joined by pop star Donny Osmond. But next, when we return, we'll talk with Candy Stroud, spokesperson for the parents group that wants to rate pop records. And on the other side of the issue, Frank Zappa, a rock innovator who's never been at a loss for words or music. Among the most successful albums condemned by the Parents Music Resource Center are Dirty Mind by Prince, Twisted Sisters' Stay Hungry, which has sold more than two million copies, and Madonna's Like a Virgin, a former number one record which has been on the charts for 41 weeks. This is ABC News Nightline, brought to you by Sears. And the Mothers of Invention. His underground hits carried such classic titles as Susie Cream Cheese, Brown Shoes Don't Make It, and Call Any Vegetable, plus several with lyrics that we'd have trouble quoting. 
In the early 70s, Zappa and his group were banned from the Royal Albert Hall in London in a dispute over obscenity. Frank Zappa joins us now live in our Los Angeles bureau. And joining us in our Washington studio, Candy Stroud, freelance journalist and spokesperson for the Parents Music Resource Center, which is campaigning for a rating system for pop albums and tapes. Frank, give me a sense of limits. Are there any? Well, first of all, I have to correct something you just said. The suit with the Royal Albert Hall was a breach of contract suit, not an obscenity suit. Okay. okay. Now, let's, now let's move to the subject at hand. Uh, are there limits? Yeah. Well, should, I, should there be any kind of limits? Um, yes, I think there should. And uh, those limits that you're talking about for sexual information for children are a matter for parents to decide for themselves. So if parents want to have a better sense, something that in one form or another makes them better educated to make that kind of choice, why stand in the way of it? Because uh, what the PM PMRC is suggesting in terms of remedies for the problem are roughly the equivalent of saying, well, this man has dandruff, so we're going to cure it by cutting his head off. Their, their proposals are really dumb if you take away the, the uh, aroma and look at the mechanics of what they are, and they're also very dangerous in terms of uh, what they can lead to for violating your right to free speech, your right to assemble, because they want to apply the same ratings to live concerts, and uh, the right to due process for people. For example, if you're a songwriter and you have a song included on an album that gets an X, and through no fault of your own, the album is banned from stores or the sales of it are uh, impinged on in some way, you don't have a chance. Uh, the analogy you draw is a colorful one, but why is it any different, for example, than rating movies and saying if you are below a certain age, you can't go to see such and such a movie unless accompanied by adult, and in some cases not at all, unless you are of a certain age? Well, I think that in, in law, when they deal with matters pertaining to the First Amendment, that a lawyer told me this, that you're supposed to look for the least restrictive option and in this case, the least restrictive option would be this, to realize that rock and roll is not written or performed for people with conservative taste. And there's no reason why the morals or the taste buds of somebody who's married to a DC superstar should be a model to impinge on the rights of people who are not children. All right, Candy Stroud, you're a journalist in addition to being a spokesperson for this group uh, and I'm sure are also concerned about impinging on the rights of free speech. Where do you draw the line? Clearly not in the same direction as, as Frank Zappa. Well, certainly nobody's talking about censorship, uh, Ted. Uh, nobody's talking about taking away anybody's First Amendment rights. Not I yet. think, and never will. Uh, oh, come on, Candy. Excuse me, just let me finish. I think what's most important is that parents be given some sort of information as they are given in the movies. We're talking about consumer information, packaging, labeling, so that if a parent goes to a record store uh, he, and to buy a record for a child, he doesn't come home with a record by Prince that, that contains lyrics about masturbation or incest or oral sex. A bunch of kids. How many times do you go out and buy records for them? How many times do they buy records for not, themselves? Not often enough as far as my children are concerned. I don't think, I, don't th I mean, the yeah. only reason I make the point is not to draw attention to you, but I don't think most of us buy records for our kids. Well, they I go do. out and buy their own. I do. I certainly go out uh, for Christmas and for their birthdays oh, because sure. they like t tapes. And I must tell you that uh, I was just as uninformed as many parents are in this country today and went out and bought Sheena Easton and bought uh, Prince and uh, bought uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood 
for one of my children's friends without knowing that Frankie Goes to Hollywood was about gay sex, that Sheena Easton was about uh, orgasm and arousal, and that Prince was singing about a, ma a woman masturbating in a hotel lobby with a magazine. All right, but let, us, but, let us candy, but let us, Candy, for a moment, be realistic about kids. And let me raise the point that was raised earlier in Jeff Greenfield's piece, and that is many kids will be, and in fact, I think uh, Donny Osmond was the one who raised it. Many kids, in fact, are going to go out, and if they see a PG rating or an X rating or an R rating on an album, they're going to go for the one with the highest okay. rating simply because it's there. Ted, I don't think so. I think there is no rating system that is infallible. A rating system is only as good as the parents who are involved. If you are going to allow your children to watch any movie that they want to, or buy any magazine that they want to, you're not doing your job as a parent. A parent has got to be uh, vigilant about what their children are, are seeing and listening to. Unfortunately, now it seems that uh, records are going to be, have to be added to the list of uh, what a parent has to monitor in their home. But I don't think that, uh, that certainly the rating system for movies, Ted, has been extremely successful and I think has been given a bad rap. Um, kids are not allowed by most parents or by many parents to go out and, and see X-rated movies or R-rated movies. All right, Candy, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by a pop star whom even parents like to listen to, Donny Osmond. And Innocent, which might tell you something about where Donny Osmond was coming from. Along with his years co-hosting the Donny and Marie show on ABC, he has 12 gold albums to his credit. Donny Osmond is with us now, live from our Los Angeles bureau. And I'm sorry about saying that parents like your records. That's probably totally destroyed your career, right? No, no, that's fine, Ted. That's fine. It is a problem, isn't it? I mean, if you get to be known as too wholesome in, in this day and age, and if the music that you sing and the lyrics are too wholesome, that can destroy you, can't it? Okay, now that's, that's the very reason why I'm doing this program right now. I, I understand Susan's point of view. I understand what they're trying to do. But like, uh, like I said earlier in the tape, uh, in a couple years, I think it's going to slap them in the face because think about it. What has happened to the film industry with the rating system? You know, if, if you slap a rating system onto the albums, that means I'm going to have to try like crazy to avoid a G-rated album. And in no way is Donny Osmond going to be coming out with a G-rated album because... Um, because the music... no, one, no one will buy it? Well, absolutely. The kids won't but, buy it. Well, it's death. It's death to a film producer to produce a G-rated film nowadays. So it's they, sad. so it's they do sad. what? They go for the R. They go for the PG. That's where the money is. You mean they throw in a little gratuitous sex, a little dirty language? Exactly, exactly. Look, look, Ted. This is what's going to happen, in my opinion. The writers are now going to have to start putting into their lyric content some suggestiveness to avoid that rating system. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to just put good music on the album. I don't want to have to be forced. To, to put the put that suggestive lyric in there, you know what I'm saying? Candy, that's coming at it from a from a different direction, isn't it? Uh, and, and I realize that can't be the primary focus of your concern, but it has to be part of it. That is certainly what has happened to movies. Ted, I, I would uh, just like to comment that uh, a rating system for the movies is certainly better than what we had before. Nothing. At least a rating system gives a parent the opportunity to say to a child, look, this is a movie we don't think that you should see until you're a little older. A rating system for records, would it make kids go out and buy those albums? I think if a child comes into the house with a, an X-rated album or an R-rated album, that a parent has the opportunity to take a look at that and say, this has a, a rating on it that we don't feel is appropriate for you at this well, age. Well, first of all, 
Well, first of all, Susan, you're not going to have that kid showing it's, that it's, album it's, in the sixth it's, grade. It's candy, Donnie, forgive me. But that's all right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Candy. <laughs> Any name will do. Go uh, ahead. You can't tell them apart, can you? <laughs> you're not, first of all, the child is going to hide that album like crazy because it has an X-rated uh, label slapped on it. Well, Donnie, you know, I, Donnie, I think you have to be able to trust your children. I trust my children. I know okay, that that's what the very point. That's, that's the very point, That Candy. is, the, that is you, the point, but as a mother, I have to be able to... This is an issue that will break families apart as they argue over the rating of the album. That's why it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. This is an anti-family issue. I don't issue. think... Okay, but I don't think you can legislate people to be good. But we're not talking Parents about legislation, Donnie. We're talking about a voluntary rating system on the part of the music industry as there is a voluntary mm. rating system in the movie industry. Well, hold on a second there, you... Candy. Let me, let, me, let me at least warn you about the slippery slope that I, that I see you starting down on. What about the radio stations that are now carrying these albums? They're unrated albums, but is that radio station going to be able to go on carrying it once it's got an X rating on it? Hopefully the radio stations will begin to cooperate like radio stations have all around the country. Like uh, cooperation is a nicer word than censorship, but the end result but is no, the same. But it? Ted, you know, nobody is talking about censorship here. The reason you don't talk about it is because you don't want people to know the truth. It's the same Republican stonewall crap that you've been doing all along. Hey, no, I'm not a Republican. Listen, there is, there is no censorship If it smells censorship like a Republican, involved. it's a Republican. <laughs> there, is no, there is no censorship involved here. It is strictly... Public and the emperor isn't wearing any clothes either. Right. Wait a second. I'll tell you what, Frank. I, you, you're an intelligent man who makes some good points. Make them. Let's not start name calling because it's okay, just going to waste what little time we've got. Go because here's, here's the lie about censorship. It started already. Record retailers have already told record companies, if you send us any album with any sticker on it, we won't rack it. Another chain with 400 stores in malls in the United States has been told by the shopping mall association owners if you rack hard-rated albums, we're going to cancel your lease. That's censorship. Well, explain something to me. What in heaven's name is the difference? I mean, enough people now know, certainly I think Candy Stroud and the group that she represents have done an excellent job in alerting parents, at least parents have a right to know, in alerting parents to what kinds of lyrics are involved in these songs. What's the difference? Okay. If they start if putting the pressure on now and say, get it off the stands. Look, if they're talking about masturbation, point one, it's not illegal. And people do it from the cradle to the grave. If it's not illegal to do it, why should it be illegal to sing about it? It's not a question well, okay, of well, it's not a question of it's I'm, not a question of legality. Well, go ahead, Donnie. You you jump in. Well, I'm just going to have to disagree with that because personally, I believe that shouldn't be on the marketplace. I don't think you're going to stop stuff like that. It's always going to be out there. But what are you going to do? Put handcuffs on everybody who wants to record those kinds of lyrics? I don't think we're attacking the, the base of the problem here. The base of the problem lies down with with the uh, the executives of the record company. You know, no, they've got to understand. Cool. Go, um, go ahead, Donnie, finish your they're, 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 re they're releasing They're releasing the stuff on the marketplace. The record and, exactly. and, and what do you... put music appreciation back into schools. One of the things they cut out when, during the budget cuts. It uh, would help out. All right, but what is it, what is it, uh, Donnie Osmond, if you can hear me, what is it you are suggesting then that happened with regard to the record producers? That they not put these records out? Because that really is a form of prior restraint then, isn't it? Okay, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't have all the answers, Ted. Okay, what I'm saying is that uh, maybe there should be a limit on how much of this should be on the marketplace. I think And that's... I'm also saying... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead? Yeah. But, but I'm also saying that parents, and this is exactly what Candy's doing, and I commend her for it, should make parents aware of how important it is to teach their kids at such a younger age. I mean, it, it appalls me to see the complacency of parents nowadays, that by the time they're teenagers, they say, oh, we got to start teaching them what's right and what's wrong. 
All right, folks, I, 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 I'll tell you what, let me, let me give our affiliates a warning because we're going to go over tonight. Okay. I don't want to just go over once over lightly on this subject, and I think each of you has something interesting and useful to say. We'll continue this discussion. Mm -hmm. Osmond and Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa, I, I realize you've spent a good deal of your professional life enjoying outraging people. That's all right. There's a, there's a useful role for it. You've done it in a very entertaining way, and you're a very intelligent man. Is there any way, however by which you can come a step or two in Candy Stroud's direction without feeling that you've lost all your credentials? No, it's not a matter of credentials, it's a matter of sanity, because what they're proposing is so pitifully, well, it's dangerous besides being pitiful. The, what the is, machinery... What is, what is dangerous about a packaging <clears throat> label? What's dangerous no, about having... No, it's the tactics a... that you're using. Look, first of all, the first time I debated you, they chopped the debate up, and I'm glad to be able to do it without editing, all right? Now, I want to say one thing to anybody who wants to know what they're really doing here. This is supposed to go to a fact-finding committee in Congress on Thursday, right? The, the chairman of the committee has a wife on the PMRC. There's two senators on the committee that have wives in the PMRC. I called the PMRC office today to ask the question, who else belongs to the PMRC? And you know what the answer was? We don't have any members. We only have founders. And then I said, I have your fundraising letter. When they gave you your tax-free number, what kind of an organization was it? Is it a cult? What do you got here? What is going on? You know, I, I, I'd just like to comment at, at this point that um, one of the founding members of the group is uh, Tipper Gore, the wife of Senator Albert Gore, who happens to be the co-sponsor of the legislation against pir uh, pir uh, anti-piracy laws for the music industry. Senator Gore is on the side of the music industry, okay? So, I mean, I don't think that there's any kind of... Uh... I don't speak for the music industry. I am a parent who is concerned about his children and the First Amendment. The music industry has sold out the singers, the songwriters, and the retailers by bending over for you guys and voluntarily putting on any kind of a okay. sticker. Let me just, let me just uh, say something about that, uh, Ted and, and Frank. And incidentally, there... Donnie, if you want to get in on this, you've got to push hard. Okay. okay. Listen, uh, Ted, there, there are, you know, what the music industry is suggesting is really a continuation of the status quo. For example, here's an album by Marvin Gaye. We can't, okay? see, we can't see it. Okay, Mar go ahead. By Alvin Gaye, Dream of a Lifetime. It says, this album contains lyrical content that may be considered offensive to some listeners. Here is an album by Dougie Fresh that says, warning, sexually explicit lyrics. Uh, Prince's album, Dirty Minds, contains a warning label. But uh, by the same token, Prince's album, uh, Controversy, does not. What's happening is that in the music industry right now, there is labeling, but it's inconsistent. It is not uniform. It is not standard. I think what the Parents Music Resource Center would like to see is some sort of uniform code so that what is offensive for Warner Brothers album, uh, records is offensive for Atlantic and offensive for Columbia. Frank Zappa, that's you, not you, the extent Frank, of their demands. Frank, hold on just a second. You mentioned a moment ago that you were here as a concerned parent and as someone who's concerned about the First Amendment. You've spoken right. eloquently about that second part, the First Amendment. I want to hear you speak now as a concerned parent. There are limits, aren't there? I mean, a 12-year-old kid, a 13-year-old kid is not quite able to handle some of the same stuff that you and I can handle, for example. First of all, there are plenty of nice little books that explain little books with nice little pictures that will teach very young children the mechanics of sex. If they understand the mechanics of sex, then if they hear something, uh, a reference to something that you might think of as aberrated, they will recognize it as an aberration. And the parent has the responsibility to, to give that information to their children. And if they hear it from someone like you, whom perhaps they admire or like very much, perhaps they don't consider the aberration to be quite that bad. 
Well, let's talk about something like that. First of all, I resent the way in which you're trying to make me out to be somebody who's, you know, in the aberrated vein. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I forget you. You want to pick someone else? Pick another star. Pick yeah, someone gonna... that is an idol. Pick Prince. Pick uh, Sheila East. I mean, you know, I no, don't no, care. No, no, no. Let's, like. let, let's take a look at country and western, which is a form of music that the husband and wife team from Tennessee do not want to rate. Do you realize there is no demand for any ratings on country and western albums at all? This is protectionist legislation for Nashville. Tell me about the kinky sex and country and western now. Look, they do have lyrics that are referring to sexual activities. You know, these people are going, oh, sex, it's going to kill us all. But the fact of the matter is, you talk about role models, these albums are mixed but, in a way okay. that you can hear every word sung to you by people who have been to prison and are proud of okay, it. Okay, but, but Frank, but Frank... We're not, you know, we're not talking let's, about... Let's, uh, uh, Candy, let's give Donnie a chance to get in here. Frank, I, I, I disagree with you on that. I don't think a little teenager should be watching MTV or, or wherever it's on and be uh, educated from the television about masturbation. I don't think that's where it should come from. And, and forget about that for a moment. Uh, you don't, it's, it's not just the masturbation that we're talking about. I mean, some of these lyrics, and, and I'm sure you're as familiar with them as I am, and I've become very familiar with them over the last week or so, because we've been agonizing over what we're going to put on this broadcast and what we're not going to put on. Some of it has some of the most violent, way-out kind of sex. I'm talking about chainsaw-type material. All right. May I... And, and, you know, that's not the kind of stuff that you want your kids to, 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 to become familiar with, is it, Frank? No, I want them to be able to laugh about it. I want them to see that for what Ted. it is. Well, I, Ted, you know, may I, maybe may I'd I... laugh a little harder if there weren't so many snuff movies out and, and if this were not a reality in our lives today. Well, I don't go to snuff movies, so there are no snuff movie statistics. But I'm telling you, if you keep a child sexually ignorant, is more likely to become a victim of a child molester. Ted, Look at this. How can you tell a kid about a weenie wagger unless he knows what a weenie is? Look, Ted, you know, this is this album, uh, this is an album by Wasp, okay? Wasp has just signed a contract with Capitol Records for one and a half million dollars. Here is their album, I-F-U-C-K, Like a Beast, Animal. And, and is this the kind of album that you want your child to come home with? No. What about Motley Crue? Motley Crue has albums that sell uh, double platinum albums, which talk about killing. Not a woman, but a whore. All right, I can Candy, taste I'll, the I'll hate. tell you what. I think we got the idea, and we've had enough examples of it during the course of it that we know what kind of thing we're talking about. So what's the final point? Let's wrap it up. Go ahead. The final point is that children should be educated by their parents, not by rock stars. And that parents have the responsibility to raise their children to understand that love is a tender and caring uh, emotion, not one that destroys and defiles. We don't want to drag our children's minds through the muds. We want to enlighten them and ennoble them. All right, but on the issue now of the rating system, which, believe it or not, is why we decided to do this broadcast tonight, what's your point? <laughs> on the rating system is that something has to be done. A line has been crossed, and the rock industry has gone too far. I think that they admit that they've gone too far, and it's time for some self-restraint. Donnie Osmond? Well, I look at a point of view as... Uh, I think you're bringing more attention to it than it needs. If you come up with a rating system, it's going to target an audience to that X-rated or wherever, however it's labeled. And a person like myself who does not want to come out with a Sugar Walls type of song, I want the music to speak for itself, because right now my album has sounded pretty good. I don't want to have to go back there and put in lyrics to avoid the G rating. Frank Zappa. I think that... You should remember, no one is holding a gun to anyone's head saying you must listen to uh, I-F-U blah 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 like a beast or 
uh, sugar walls. You, you are not obliged to buy this material. There's plenty of instrumental music with no words at all. If you don't want to have your children exposed to anything that you think is dangerous, try classical music, try jazz, try putting music education back in the schools so kids know that there is another form of music other than rock and roll and give them a choice during their formative years. In Dallas, in today's session, America's broadcasters tuned in to what some charge is the growing trend toward pornography of the airwaves. Bob Simon tells us it's not pictures that are under fire, but words. If you've been tuning in this summer, it's uh, 9 o'clock, I'm a Saturday morning. Nobody you know that a major issue facing the nation is porn rock and what it's doing to our children. Uh, just pick a dirty song to play, okay? Okay, so, so we see we can't make some kids go out and uh, tie up their girlfriends or something. The issue has been spearheaded by prominent Washington women, notably Mrs. Albert Gore, the senator's wife, and Mrs. James Baker, the wife of the Treasury Secretary. Uh, it certainly helped that our husbands are where they are, but this is an issue that stands on its own. The issue stands on the cover of People magazine this week, while the Washington wives, as they're called, sit for interviews on news programs and panels across the country. They've been all over the papers. They've been on the Phil Donahue show. Could Doesn't I make that make you nervous, that record? Yes. Phil. So what do you want to do about it? Nothing? After we were on the Donahue show July 17th, we got 5,000 phone calls in 24 hours. The women insist they seek no censorship, no legislation. They want a rating system, labels on records warning of explicit sex or violence, drugs or alcohol. It's truth in packaging. It's giving the information before purchase. They also want offensive lyrics printed on record jackets, lyrics which are often unintelligible when you hear them, lyrics like... The Great White on your knees goes like this knocking down your door gonna pull you to the floor taking what i choose never gonna lose gonna drive my love inside you songs glorifying rape or incest right. or bondage or oral or sex at gunpoint or brutality against women some of these lyrics to be really fair about it are from pretty obscure records and um i mean i'm not aware of any really popular records that that um that that are that offensive but what about lyrics like this? Listen, let's do it. Locusts in trees do it, bees do it, even educated fleas do it. Lyrics by Cole Porter, rendered by Jane Wyman. Romantic sponges, they say, do it. Oysters up in Oyster Bay, do it. Let's do it. There's always been sex in popular music. That's why it's been popular. You ain't and somehow, adult sanctions haven't always worked. When Ed Sullivan decided to shoot Elvis from the waist up mostly, that just drew attention to those hips. The recording industry has already agreed to put one generic label on risque records, which would read, parental guidance, explicit lyrics. But the Washington wives say, not enough. The industry says more would be dangerous. If everything that they have asked for would be achievable, it is a form of control. Take all the emotional stuff about save the children and all this. Take it out of the way for a minute and look at what the proposals really are. They are dumb proposals. Between furious women and a frightened industry, for a bit of perspective, a little distance, you've got to go to the kids. It really doesn't mean anything. You just listen to it. It's not like you hear something, you're going to go right out and do it. You don't really care about the words, you just care about the music. And you don't really buy records for the words. 
This kind of issue seems to come up about once a generation. And if you think it's played itself out this time, just wait. Next week, senators will take time off from the budget, the deficit, and tax reform to scrutinize the songs brought to their attention by a new Washington lobby, their wives. Bob Simon, CBS News, New York. And that's the CBS Evening News for this Thursday. Dan Rather reporting from New York.